Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, my good friend, Phil Mershon. Phil, you are the director of events for Social Media Examiner. Uh, well, Phil, I mean, your baby is Social Media Marketing World, the major, major event uh, that that I've just, I've really, really enjoyed. We'll talk a little bit about what Social Media Marketing World is. I'm just so excited to have you on. I'd love to talk about the state of the events industry. And certainly, you know, you've been in the events for world for quite some time. So thank you so much for uh, jumping in. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here, Josh. I know this is an interview that's been long in the making, so I'm really grateful for your invitation to be on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Phil, I should also point out that that you are a an avid podcaster yourself. Uh, your podcast, The Man in the Pew, is a is a great show. I've listened to several episodes too, uh, and uh, so it's 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 an honor to have you here. <clears throat> so, Phil, and we've you know we've worked together um, various uh, you know multiple times um, with different events. I've I've spoken at Social Media Marketing World a couple of times, helped out a co- you know a couple of times as well, and some different stuff. Um, if, listen, first of all, I mean, I'd just love to just start by talking about what social media marketing world is in the world of um, conferences, you know, and I'd love to chime in as well as my experience. Having gone to a lot of events, um, there's nothing like what what you and Mike and everyone else on the team does um, for the annual event in San Diego. It's just a phenomenal event. Yeah, well, it's an annual conference, which had to take a break in 2021 due to the pandemic. Events were not being allowed in March this year, so we went completely online and did something different. But this coming year will be our ninth annual. What's different about our conference? We're an industry event. Like Social Media Examiner is a media company, and we do an event so that our audience and people from the whole social media marketing industry, with the specific focus on small businesses more lately, but anyone is welcome. But we we teach advanced stuff, and I think that's what makes it unique is Industry insiders are teaching people who are in the trenches, whether they're coaches or practitioners, but mostly coaches and teachers, people who have lots of clients are seeing a a wide array of things of how people are using it. So they tend to be on the cutting edge and people come who are experienced marketers who want to learn. And it's in the classroom, it's in the hallways, it's over dinner, it's early morning walks as you and I experienced, it's yeah. late night drinks with friends. It's it's everything in between. And I think um, people flock there because they know this is a place they can connect and they can learn. And yeah. we try to set the table for those two things to happen as much as possible. And many people come not just for two or three days, but make a week out of it, which is amazing to me. Like people fly from all over the world and they block out a full Truly. week 
and they schedule themselves, you know, lots of time for different kinds of events. They do masterminds, they do other kinds of things before and after our conference, not just vacation, but business, all, all the above. Yeah. Um, Phil, how many years has social media marketing world uh, been in existence? When was the first one? First conference was 2013. So this wow. coming year would have been our 10th, mm-hmm. but it'll be our ninth annual because we had to take a break. Sure, sure. You know, um, it shows uh, in, in terms of, you know, the shows, uh, the show and how well it's executed. And, you know, if there's one thing that, you know, you're, you'll learn in your first show is, uh, you know, it's kind of like the activity knowledge. You learn just how many things could potentially like, well, okay, there's another learning experience. But, you know, the fact that um, you've done it as many years as you have, it just, it shows so well in the execution. The last one that I attended, which was like right before the COVID was kicking in. But even then, you know, in the run-up to that, we're like, oh, this COVID thing's kind of happening. You know, just the already, you know, the contingencies that were already in place and, you know, the the, the bigger decisions that were made um, just at the infancy of COVID during 2019, it was, there was a lot of experience and wisdom in the room, even though a, a pandemic had real, you know, never necessarily been in the threat box. I mean, I don't know if you'd considered that in years past, but it seemed like there was a lot of experience in the room that led to some of those bigger decisions on, okay, well, here's some best practices that I think it's pretty smart for us all to follow because we don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we were watching the news and watching the reports and, you know, we had people whispering in our ears saying you should shut it down. Um, You should require masks. I mean, literally a lot of that stuff that we take for granted now, um, before we had the event in like February of 2020, our conference was right at the end of February, early March of 2020. And literally there was like one other conference that happened at the convention center after us. And we were the largest, the last large marketing conference in North America, at least Mm. that happened before the global shutdown. So yeah, there were things that we changed. Like we're very accustomed to lots of hugging and handshakes and high Mm -hmm. fives. And we said, you know what, we're going to move toward air fives and fist bumps and, you know, and really trying to encourage people to distance, although we didn't know what social distancing meant, but there was wisdom in the room. Like there were people very concerned. And as far as we know, now no one's ever told us differently, but as far as we know, no one contracted COVID while they were at our conference. I, they may have, but we don't know that anybody did. So we know probably hundreds of people didn't come either directly or indirectly because of it. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit of the story. Well, that's it's good to hear. Um, you know, in terms of the 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 event itself, and I want to talk a little bit more about the content because I think when you're talking about social media, I think you could have the tendency for potential attendees to say, Well, I could just learn all that stuff online. <laughs> Because that's, you know, we're learning from social media people who are talking about, you know, how they do what they do. Um, but I can just tell you, and and I know that this is very intentional, is that um, when you're in the room, you're learning stuff that I don't really hear. Uh, and, and, and here's my experience, right? So let's say you have a 45-minute session, 
right? You don't normally get that on social. Usually when someone's teaching something on social, they don't necessarily get real deep on that. Like they'll kind of cover something. What, what I like about a very, what I would, my experience um, of a very typical social media world session is like, okay, we got 45 minutes. I've got, I'm going to take you from A to Z and I'm going to teach you all of my insider secrets because that speaker knows that this isn't their typical audience that's watching. These are all pros that are sitting in the chair. And I, and I like that because again, you're getting something at this event that you just can't get elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I saw a post this morning is in a different context, but it's relevant. A guy said, why is it that pastors will get up in church and they'll preach for 37 minutes on average? And then they try to take that online where the average length of a video is 11 minutes. So you think yeah. about this in reverse. When we watch and learn something online, we can only focus for 8, 10, 11 minutes. That's about all we can stay focused and learn. And so when you get into a room and you've got a great instructor, so that this is a key, like if it's a bad instructor, you're not going to stay with them for more than three or four minutes. But if it's a really good instructor who knows to how to chunk their material up, teach you something and then make it applicable to your situation, you're going to have a better learning experience. And I think a lot of people need the ability to step away from all the distractions so that they can learn. And when you do that in a physical place, it's easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. <laughs> I had a friend yesterday who said that they can't imagine sitting in a keynote anymore after COVID because now they're so used to looking at texts and looking at this and looking at that, mm -hmm. that they're not sure they can stay focused for 45 minutes wow. listening to one thing. And I think it's going to be harder for presenters like yourself to keep it an audience's focus for 45 minutes. You've got to mix it up. You've got to have different media that's being introduced. Your stories that will be incredibly important because people listen to stories in a way that's different than if you just say, here are the three ways that you can make a great presentation or whatever it might be. I think the other thing though that happens, Josh, at a conference like ours is the people in the room, people sitting next to you are knowledgeable. They're wise, they're experienced. And so you teach a principle, Josh, about you know PR, because that's your thing, social PR, and you teach some concept. Well, after the session's over, I literally could turn to the person to the right or left to me, and they probably have some experience, and they can clarify, or you can start talking about, well, how does that work for you? And that's a deepening of knowledge that doesn't happen very well online. It happens a little bit, but typically the conversations that happen for online learning are surfacey compared to what you can have if you're having a one-to-one -one or one-to-several-people conversation. Is that your experience too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I love, you know, because there's trends. Um, and, and one thing, one trend that, uh, I mean, this has been a lifelong trend, but the last event, 2019, you know, this humanization and, and true authentic connection, I think was one of the biggest themes that I heard many times. Maybe I, I kind of tend to gravitate toward those, um, you know, those those speakers. So maybe that was just my perception of, of that. But that was one thing. And, you know, what I really, really loved is, you know, is is the conversation with other attendees and saying, yeah, so they were talking about what, how are you planning on executing that? The, the I'm telling you the ideas, you know, when you're able to bounce 
that kind of conversation off so many other of your peers who are at the same level at you. Um, because there are a lot of pros uh, who go to that event. I mean, the best, it's really the best of the best. It's the bringing together the minds, the best social media marketers on the planet uh, at one event. And so there are a lot of smart people who are really paying attention to the data. They're really paying attention to behaviors of audiences. And um, I tell you, it, it's it's one thing to hear principles and then it's another thing entirely to, to exchange notes with other people. So we've experimented with this. This is what we've done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why. And you know, it's all of a sudden this, you know, it's like building a scene brick by brick and it just all of a sudden, you know, you keep feeding off each other's ideas. And, and then it's, you know, the list of, of to do items I want to bring back to my team after having those conversations is, is, is just incredible. It's a really good, Phil, I'm sorry to keep monologuing here, but it's, I also want to just share this is that um, you and Mike and everyone else has done a really, really good job to facilitate. Culture is very important. I've been to some events where that culture is, it's weird. It's not what you get at social media marketing world. Um, but at social media, the, the attendees there are incredibly um, generous and transparent. Like, I don't see a lot of people where you know that they're kind of, you know, kind of hiding their cards a little bit. I think everyone's just kind of like, yeah, open book, a lot more open book kind of um, attitude. Yeah, and I think some of that's by design and some of that's the people that we attract. So I'm definitely intentional and Mike's intentional about the speakers that we recruit. So we want speakers who already have that general disposition that they want to share they're not going to sit down and say, I'll give you my talk, but if you want anything else from me, you're going to have to pay for it. That's not <laughs> the way they approach their time at the event. Now, yeah. do they all charge for their time when it's not at the event? Of course they do. Like it's a business, but when they're there, they really show up. And that's the kind of person we look for. We're not looking for someone who's going to drop their knowledge bomb and disappear into a green room, but instead say, you know what? My fans are here. I, I have been looking forward to connecting with my fans. It's a mutual exchange. And so, you know, you'll see some of them who are hanging out eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, just available to talk. And they don't go into sessions as much as they do hang out and talk to their fans and help people. And so that's part of it. Part of it's the kinds of people that we, we recruit as our staff and volunteers. And we give them very specific training on ways that they create a bit more of that openness. I mean, at the end of the day, it's people's choices of how they're going to interact with one another. But I, I believe in the principle of yeast. And, you know, I just was looking this up just today because I was curious, how much yeast is there per pound of, 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 of flour? And it turns out to be between one and two um, percent of, the, of a pound of flour is yeast. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So if you have a thousand people, that means you need somewhere around, um, what, what would that work out to be? Uh, 10 or 20 people, somewhere in that range per thousand people who have the kind of culture that you, and who are proactive in trying to dispel that. And so I've, I really believe in the power of networking and not just for sales, but for helping people make connections. And so I'm looking for those kind of super active, super connector type people who can help create the culture. 
Um, it's, you know, I'm not trying to do something to make people buy. It's not a manipulative thing. It's that I believe when you attend an event, you're going to notice it feels yucky. If it yep. feels like everyone is out for themselves and <sighs> it's like man against man, woman against woman, it's combative. Yep. As opposed to, hey, we're here with open hands. We want to share what we know. We want to welcome you into the community. There are no clicks here. Um, we know what it's like to be a lone person inside of a business that your job is social media and no one understands what you're doing. They think you just play all day, uh, but instead you're, you're actually generating real business, real revenue. Here are people who get you. And we want you to be able to find people who get you where you can ask questions without shame. And so I believe that culture makes it possible for people to enter in and have, I, I like to think about serendipitous conversations. And you were talking mm -hmm. earlier about the, the conversations that happen in the hallway. And there are several I will never forget. But one was a lady who said, you know, after a session, I started talking to this guy next to me and we realized that we were in the same industry, the same niche. We had the same kind of roles. And we decided after that session to go in the hallway and just start comparing notes. Two hours later, they looked up and they'd missed two sessions and they became have become friends and partners. And to this day, they still meet regularly. And that kind of stuff happens over and over and over. But I think it happens because people walk in. We try to create a, a, an expectation and anticipation that that can happen. We can't make it happen, but we say it can happen if you're on the lookout for it. If you're willing to open your mouth and talk to someone around you, eventually you're going to find someone that, man, I really resonate with this person. I want to talk more um, because this, 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 and this. Yeah. So what sessions would do you, or are you anticipating will be in 2022 that maybe didn't exist in, in previous years? So in 2020, we had one session on TikTok marketing, <laughs> one, one. Yeah. And at that point, everyone was like really suspicious. Really? I mean, TikTok, that's for the kids. Why would marketers want to be on there? I, we're, we'll have multiple sessions on TikTok in 2022. Oh, yeah. And they will be very well attended. Yeah. And I'd say short form video in general. So not just TikTok, but on Instagram, YouTube shorts. I mean, I think that whole category really didn't exist very much in 2020. And so in 2022, that's going to be a huge deal. Um, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I think there's some things that will surprise you about what's not popular. I'm not going to say, because I, <laughs> I, you know, we're six months out, actually five. Right, right. right. At it. We're, we're five months out. Some things are going to disappear. You know, I don't know where Clubhouse will be. Let's give that as an example. That didn't exist in 2020. It existed in early 2021. Will it be hot and, you know, uh, something that everyone's talking about in 2022? I don't know. I mean, it's there are, and there may be a new clubhouse that's come out that everyone's talking about by the time we get there. I will say advertising on social is here to stay. People know it, there's no longer an organic only strategy. Mm. You've got to have ads. Um, there's, there's a place for organic for sure. Um, I think people are still trying to figure out videos and YouTube. Like that's, that has not gone away. It's become even more popular. So I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of the same things, but with more nuance, more understanding, more analytics, you know, analytics matters more than ever. Um, 
good copywriting, good script writing, you know, good podcasting. I think people are looking for this content that's going to stand out. If it's just mediocre or bad content, you're actually wasting time. And so I think everyone knows that, but they're trying to look for the edge. And some of it's the new platforms like TikTok. That's that's new and it's something that represents this whole diminishing attention deficit that we have, right? <laughs> like we can't stay tuned in for very long. So we need short form material content that will capture people's attention and imagination so we can lead them to longer form ways of teaching and understanding who we are. Yeah. Um, so given kind of the year and a half to get not to, you know, year and a half that we've been through, how will 2022, like you already know, like, how is it going to be different than 2019? Well, we will be hybrid. That'll be different. We've never gone hybrid before where we will have a live streaming option in addition to the in-person because we know a good part of the globe will not be able to travel or maybe too reluctant to travel mm. and yet they won't want to participate. So I think that is true in the events industry in general. I think COVID has taught us how to do virtual in a different way. We've been doing virtual for a decade, but it's taught us how to do that better but it's also taught us that we have to have options for both ways of participating. And so for our conference, but I think any legit conference, unless there's something exclusive that you're trying to create where the only way that you're really going to experience is it in person. And I think there's a case to be made for those kinds of experiences, but something that's as content rich as our event, where the content doesn't necessarily have to be experienced in person. Although all the things we talked about earlier, I think are better when you're in person, like it's mm. sitting that, here that, looking at our. Being immersive, being there, being, there's nowhere else to go. It's like, you know, for me, it's like seeing a, a live stage production, you know, going to Broadway as opposed to just watching something streaming at home when I got my phone and, you know, other things going on. It, it's, it's just not the same experience. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're sitting here on a computer right now and I don't know about you, but there would be the potential for things to pop up on my screen. And I actually just changed my screen size. So that wouldn't happen because I knew I was about to say this, um, <laughs> that could pull your mind completely away. And all of a sudden you just lost a minute or two minutes or five minutes or, or the entirety of a presentation because something just took you away. And so, yeah. but when you're at a conference, that's much harder for it to happen. It will still happen and it has happened still. Uh, how do you, what, what things can you do to replicate some of the non-session experience online? Like, for example, like meeting with vendors, that's, I love that. I love talking with, you know, the, you know, the, the companies that have booths and they're setting up and they have some, they have value to offer me as a professional. So engaging there you know, engaging with other attendees. I, I don't know how you do that virtually. I don't know what plans you guys are working on currently. And of course, again, we're six months out still, so things can change. Technology continues to improve, of course. Yeah, I think vendors, sponsors, whatever you want to call them, have probably had to invent, uh, reinvent themselves even more than events have because they all of a sudden lost their opportunity to generate leads in person for you know at least a few months, if not 
some of them still up to a year and a half now. And so there are great ways they can do that. That's dependent on the kind of business and what they're selling. And we'll be working with people who decide to come to our event on the best way to do that. A mobile app is a logical place to start having offers that are available through the mobile app, through through website, through other kinds of resources where you can lead them to material that leads to conversations, whether they're in person or virtual. You know, I think there's a lot of cool ways that that's been done. Some of it is very tech heavy and intensive and that Mm -hmm. it just depends what you're selling on, if that makes sense. So we we're just in the early stages of talking to potential partners at our event. So I don't know what that'll look like for us, but I know there's a lot of events out there who have done some pretty cool things. And, and I do know from talking to sponsors that they're happy with the leads they're getting because they're probably a better qualified lead. You know, at a conference, you get attracted by swag. You know, someone has some really cool swag, a Mm t-shirt or a, you know, some stuffed animal that a guy might want to take home to his daughter after his trip. And he has no interest in that business, but he just sees that stuffed animal. He's like, oh, I, I'm going to be a hero, you know, with my daughter when I go home. I'll I'll endure the two minute pitch so I can get that stuffed <laughs> animal, right? Whereas you're looking at stuff online, it's like I'm not going to set up an appointment with someone I'm actually not interested in learning more about, right? Because mm. our time's limited, and you know you're only able to do so many Zoom calls a day, <laughs> so, yeah, right? Um, so I think they probably are getting better qualified leads. That's that's the theory. I haven't heard any research yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm excited about that aspect of events is, you know, is is better replicating that, you know, virtual matchmaking and you know and and someone who wants to reach out to an audience of professionals like, hey, you know, how can I set up a virtual shop and, you know, engage with people and, you know, you know, setting up you know, a 15 minute conversations or whatever. But I think, I think that, uh, you know, getting smarter at that, I think is pretty exciting um, because that's, you know, in terms of like, you know, the business model behind, you know, an event, you need those sponsors. And of course the sponsors want to be there to make sure that they connect with, with the attendees. So I, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, what great new innovations, how we can make that, that virtual experience for that activity more and more successful. But but I agree with you. Um, there are so many advantages. I just interviewed someone that does virtual job fairs and he got, the advantages are off the charts. In, it com, you know, a virtual job fair as opposed to in-person job fair. In-person job fair, someone might wait in line for like 15, 20 minutes to give someone a resume and say, well, I'm looking for a career in sales. And they go, oh, we're not hiring sales. We're only accounting, you know, hiring accountants or something like that. It's like, wow, that's not very efficient. You know, so it's, you know, there are more intelligent ways of connecting, you know, connecting the folks that need that. Yeah, 100%. And I think we hadn't talked about this yet, but one of the things about an event that can be scary, if you have listeners who don't usually go to large conferences. Sometimes showing up to a large conference can be very intimidating because you don't know anybody. And how do you find the right people, whether it's a resource like what a vendor might offer, or you're just looking for peers, the right peers to talk to that you you know you're going to connect with. As an introvert, one of my greatest fears is walking into a large room where I don't know anybody. Like it's the most awkward thing. Yeah. I think everybody notices me and they notice that I'm awkward. And so I think the the technology that's available today 
can diminish that by if you just take a little bit of time and try to make a few connections and maybe set up a couple of appointments with people that you're going to meet early in that experience, whether it's our conference or any conference, I think that is a strategy that can diminish that fear and set you up for success. Because I believe if you show up somewhere and you feel like you belong, like you know some people that you know some people who value what you're bringing and you've spent enough time figuring out, okay, I'm really going to learn something here. I've got an expectation that I'm at least going to walk away with a couple of nuggets that I'm going to be able to apply, build a couple of relationships with people that I'm going to be able to stay in touch with who help me with things and I can maybe help them. That's a win. For most people mm. going to a conference, that right there is a win. And if you have that that special moment where you have that two-hour conversation with someone that's like, okay, this is a life-changing conversation, that doesn't happen every time you go to an event, but it does happen. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't look at that as your gold standard. I would say that's like you're on the lookout for that. But mm. you know, minimum expectation is I'm going to learn a couple of really helpful things that I can apply and bring back, and are going to are going to incrementally improve what we're doing. And I'm going to have a couple of people that I now know I can call Josh if I ever have any questions about PR. Um, and Josh is going to help me because he's he's an amazing guy. You know, yeah. not promising that for every one of your listeners, by the way. Just. <laughs> As an example, <laughs> yeah. Let's hypothetical. Let's say COVID goes away, and it's by the end of the year, it's gone and it's eradicated, no longer a threat. Um, do you? Would you imagine? It's a little bit of <laughs> guessing, prognostication here, but uh, do you think that even though there's no threat of COVID at all uh, in this scenario, uh, do, are, are there still things? new things that we're going to be doing differently that we didn't do before? Like, has the, how has the events industry changed perhaps forever for, or for at least this generation? I think that's a question that's going to depend on where you are. If I was running an event in your fine state of Florida, it would look very different than California. That's and, true. you know, you, so PTSD is a real thing. And I think maybe we're going to make up PCSD, post, post COVID stress yeah. syndrome or something. Sure. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, so I think it has left an imprint on all of us. Uh, if you were forced to wear masks for an extended period of time because of where you live, if you have had, if things have been shut down and shuttered and you literally couldn't leave the home, like, you know, I've got staff that live in the San Francisco area. Their, their reaction is going to be very different. They're going to be much more cautious than someone coming from Florida or Texas where, you know, the mask mandates were released a lot earlier. Um, so I think it's going to depend in part on where you're from. I think there are some things that we're going to be wiser about in terms of sanitation. Yeah. So I think people sure. are a lot more cognizant about washing their hands. Um, you know, doctors wash their hands 20 sometimes a day already. So I think you're going to see a lot more hand sanitizers and people doing that kind of thing and more cognizant of, hey, there's somebody sneezing, coughing around me. I hope we wisen up and are at least cognizant of that. I don't think hugging is going away. I don't think high fives will go away. I think we long for connection. So, you know, I've seen it. You probably have too, where you lift the the restrictions and people go straight back to doing the things they were before. And I saw that this happened among young people where they started getting COVID 
because the restrictions were lifted and the bug wasn't gone. So in your scenario, the bug's gone and no one's getting sick anymore. So that would be amazing. Um, But I do think there's still an imprint on our psyche that will probably be with us for an entire generation, a little bit of fear. Some of us would be like, oh, no, not masks. You know, some of us will be, um, I am so glad that's gone and probably everywhere in between. But I think the event industry sanitation will be a lot more cognizant of things like that. Close quarter kind of events, I think we'll be much more aware of ventilation and aware of people who are, are, are concerned and have options. You know, like I think even now there's options for people who go and say, you know what, I don't really want to mingle. Um, you know, you put, you've been to the events probably where they give you the ability to say green, yellow, or red light on how, how close or comfortable you are with networking with other people who are there. Um, at least I've seen that done. I've not been to one yet, but I've seen people using those different kinds of indicators. I think that's going to probably be with us for a long period of time, just creative ways of allowing people to indicate their comfort level. You know, we, mm. we give body language cues right now on how close we are. Like if you get in my face and I'm not comfortable with that, I'm going to back away. Yeah. Now, depending, depending where you're from, uh, some parts of the world will say that, see that as an offense and others will see that as an invitation to keep pursuing. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I think, I think there, those will be some of the changes that I see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you'll feel one, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I know your background, you were a um, pastor of worship and arts. Uh, you know, your faith is, it, it informs you. Uh, it's, you know, I, I've seen you, you know, you you live in integrity, you know, with, with your beliefs. And um, I, I like, I mean, I've got my observations. I'll just share that, um, you, you, you extol a love. You're, you're, you're consistent in that. Um, you are very service minded. Um, but yet I, what I like about your approach to faith is it's just, it's very, you, you, you're very accessible, I think with it. Right. And, and it's, um, you know, it's based, based upon those biblical principles, um, which I've, which I've seen in you listen, friend to friend, you've been a great, I went through a, a fairly traumatic experience a few years ago. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say thank you because I, I, I called on you and um, you were, you were really, really helpful when my family and I were kind of going through that experience. So I just, I want to say thank you for that, but I, I'd love to give you the opportunity to maybe share about, you know, just a bit about like how your, your faith impacts your professional life and, and your personal life and how you engage with the audiences today and, and, and folks that you get to work with. You know, I was thinking about this recently. Um, social media has, and maybe COVID may even more than anything have caused us to integrate our lives in a way that is more intentional, more authentic than has ever been possible before. So I've never shied away from the fact that my background is as a pastor and been in the worship arts. In fact, half the time that I've worked for Social Media Examiner, I was working part-time for churches on the side. So, you know, but I never, I've never tried to preach from the platform of working for Social Media Examiner. People have accused me of it because in some ways I can't help 
talk about God in the midst of conversation. And yeah, it's on my plot. It's on all my profiles, but I don't really get up and preach. You know, I might share a story that's from the Bible because I think it's relevant to something that I'm talking about. And it says it better than anything else that I know about, but I'm not out there giving evangelistic please, but I am available. I think what you said is I'm accessible. If someone wants to talk, I will. Celine Johnson. Um, sorry, if I get emotional. <laughs> Celine Johnson reached out to me a few days ago and said, "Hey, we've got, we've got all these parents who are dealing with something like what you've been through. Would you be willing to say something to them?" And she knew because of our private conversations that I had been through something similar to what these parents had been through. And so she invited me and I was able to, I wouldn't have known Shalene if it wasn't for, for the work that I do in social media and that she's been to our conference multiple times and spoken for our online events. And so that's kind of where I look at it is when I've got an opportunity to speak, I will. Otherwise, it's private. Like I, if I see five people come to my conference who all work for faith-based organizations, I'm going to go out of my way to help them connect with each other because that's who I am. And I love helping people. But I would do the same thing if I met five people who are all engineers and they all work in, in the same kind of space. Right. I right. would help them too. I just happen to notice people from the faith world because that's 25 of my 35 years of work experience or whatever it has been. That's probably over. That's probably more than it has been 30 plus plus years um, has been in the faith world. So I know a lot of people, a lot of places, a lot of things about that. And so uh, it, it informs my principles, but I think the principles that we operate out of are things that most people can relate to and say, yeah, I'd prefer to work somewhere where people cherish one another and are serving each other and are kind to each other. And, you know, uh, as opposed to we're combative and tearing each other down and ripping each other behind the backs. I mean, I think most people would say I would prefer to be in that kind of place. Yeah. Yeah. So Phil, um, I, I want to make it easy for people to listen, join me, join Phil. <laughs> I will be in social media marketing world. I, I wouldn't miss it. Um, people, when, what date can people start registering? Oh, it's available now. All right, then. <laughs> I assumed as much, now. but I, I, I figured yeah. uh, where, that, where that happens. Where, uh, I know there's uh, some really great resources to help people kind of visually see you know, what social media world looks like, you know, kind of get a taste of the speakers, et cetera. But uh, where, where does that all happen? Easiest thing to do is just go to socialmediaexaminer.com and the banner at the top will be, will provide a link to the conference. There's also going to be a button on that homepage there where you'll see it say conference. So that's probably the easiest. I don't have a, any cool a link to give you other than that. <laughs> just go find it. You can also just type it in a search bar, social media marketing world, and they'll be the first thing that comes up. I, I guarantee if it's not, then somebody has usurped <laughs> our name. <laughs> yeah, it, it, sure enough, socialmediaexaminer.com right up at the top. It's got uh, where, you know, it's got a, a really good page. I, you know, one, one page that you guys do, and I think it's just brilliant, and I'm sure you had some great data behind this, is you have a page called Convince the Boss. <laughs> 
because there are a lot of attendees that, you know, that they are the social media team for a company and, uh, you know, information that they can give so they can secure the budget so that they can make the trip. Uh, but you, you'll, you'll empower those social media professionals who want to be here. Here's what you need to tell someone who will pay for your trip. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And people use it. They often come to us and say, thank you for writing that. They may not use the script exactly, but at least it inspires the message, the email, the voicemail, the video, whatever they, however they go about doing it. And you're right. We know the vast majority of our audience works for somebody else. So they do have to convince somebody to foot the bill. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. You even give them like a template letter and everything. I, which I think is just brilliant. I, it's just making it insanely easy for your customers to do business with you. This is a great example of that. Yeah. And I would encourage any conference to do this. We got the idea from somebody else. Yeah. We just made it our own. It's mm-hmm. not like we invented the idea, but we've definitely applied it to our circumstance. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Good deal. So Phil Mershon, thank you so much. Um, uh, Listen, you're a great guy. Um, Can you share all the different ways that the people can uh, engage with you uh, or kind of where you say, Hey, here's a really great place to kind of get to know me and the work we're doing either a social media examiner or uh, you personally. Yeah. Given you the website for social media examiner, I think for me personally, the two best places to find me are on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'll give you those links. I mean, if you look up Phil Mershon, there's more than one. I think I'm the only bald one with a goatee. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely the only one that's a saxophonist and a former worship pastor, Uh, but the link is different. I think it's just Phil Mershon straight on LinkedIn well, one of them has a dot in between and I'll, I'll give them to you. I was not able to get, make it consistent when I built my profiles out a few years ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's great. All right, Phil Mershon, again, thank you so much, Director of Events with Social Media Marketing World, Social Media Examiner. Thank you, Phil, for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. 
And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.